0: Podcast channel of the electro industry. I'm Mariella Echeverria. Joining me today is Steve Brewer, a consultant for Hubble Power Systems. How are you doing, Steve?
1: Hi, Mariella. I'm doing well, and thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Let's jump right in. First, just so our listeners know, Steve is a member of our surge arrester section, part of the utility products and systems division. This division represents the devices that keep the electrical grid operating efficiently and allow grid operators to respond to the demand for reliable energy with trends like digitalization, self-healing grids, and reinforced infrastructure. Can you give us a little bit of background of your role within the section?
1: I am currently chair of the NEMA group that represents high-voltage surge resters. We refer to this group as NEMA 8LA. Surge arresters protect critical system insulation from damaging effects of overvoltages, which can come from natural sources such as lightning or system disturbances such as switching surges.
0: Thank you. Now, we understand that managing surge protection assets is a critical task in the onerous responsibility of achieving a reliable power system. However, to ensure the effectiveness of this product, there must be some testing in the field over the life of the arrestor, correct?
1: Yes, Mariella, that's exactly right. Let's dive into the hows, wheres, and whens of testing surge arrestors in the field. There are several methods for effectively testing the health of an arrestor in the field. The most reliable and cost-effective ways to test are through thermal imaging, leakage current monitoring, and pot testing. There are also partial discharge testing, but it can be challenging to use as well as unreliable.
0: Let's focus on the most effective options you mentioned. Please explain to us how and what each one does.
1: Thermal imaging is perhaps the most popular way to determine if the arrestor is reaching its end of life, with a camera that has adequate resolution to see the temperatures along the length of the arrestor. If the temperature difference is 10 degrees or less Celsius above ambient, the arrestor should be retested in two to four months to confirm the correct reading. If the raster is between 11 and 20 degrees Celsius, there should be an immediate removal schedule. If it's above 20 degrees, you should de-energize immediately and not re-energize. The best time to read the surface temperature is any time two hours after suns- sunset or before sunrise.
0: So do you recommend only one test? Alternatively, should they be tested several times a day?
1: Well, a thermal image is a one-time temperature measurement. If an arrestor is in the early stages of failure, a series of images are needed to detect degradation. These images should be generated as often as practical by the end user. The more often the arrestor is imaged, the better the chance that a problem can be detected before failure.
0: What about the other recommended testing methods?
1: The next test we recommend is the high voltage or high potential testing, also known as the high pot test, which tests for good isolation. This is done with a test current, AC or DC, high voltage supply, which is connected to the arrestor. The voltage is increased until the current trips, typically in the range of 1 to 10 milliamps.
0: Seems simple enough. Are there any general rules of thumb for the HIPAA test?
1: Well, we suggest testing several arrestors, if possible, to compare the results as more than once to verify the results. Additionally, a test cannot be done if the arrestor is in service.
0: And how do you know when it's time to replace an arrestor with a HIPAA test?
1: When using a HIPAA test, we are trying to determine if the arrestor is turning on, becoming conductive, at too low of a voltage. If more than one arrester is available to test, compare the results of the partner arresters. If they are of the same vintage and model, the results should be plus or minus 5% or less from each other. If an arrester has a bigger difference than 5%, then it is likely not a good arrester. The NEMA Surge Arresters website provides detailed tables on recommended voltage levels.
0: Great! Thanks for the explanation. Lastly, you briefly mentioned a leakage current test. Tell us about that test and how it differs from the other two.
1: Certainly, leakage current is defined as a low-level current that flows through an arrestor during normal normal operation. The leakage current is usually through the metal oxide varistor disks, or MOVs. However, when the external surface is wet, leakage current also flows along that surface as well as internally through the disks. MOV disks are both a variable resistor and capacitor and electrical aging will result only in an increase of the resistive component of the total leakage current.
0: Over the life of an arrestor, it can be exposed to harsh physical and electrical environments which can damage the internal or external components of the arrestor. It's safe to say that it is important to continuously test these
1: products. Of course, designing and manufacturing good quality surge arresters requires testing and characterization well beyond what is required by standards. Many additional checks and tests are made to ensure the quality of every arrestor put in service. One of the best ways to ensure that you will receive a quality arrestor is to look for a quality manufacturer.
0: Thank you very much for joining me today, Steve. I have learned a lot about field testing of surge arrestors.
1: There is much more information out there, and if you're interested in learning more about testing, replacing, or just understanding surge arresters, you can visit www.nemaarresters.org. Thanks again for having me.
0: As Steve mentioned, you can visit their website at www.nemaarresters.org for white papers, education videos, and much more. Stay tuned for future podcasts and visit podcast.nema.org to listen to previously recorded sessions. For NemaCast, I'm Mariella Echeverria.